This is the Podswoggle Network, a podcast network with entertainment. Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here, as always, with my good friend, former roommate, and co-host, Rich. Oh, thank you so much. And, and all of those things you are to me as well. I, I never say it, but I, I mean it, Robert. Why, thank you. Thank you, Richard. Uh, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you have never heard the show before, or if you're tuning in for the second or third or fourth or fifth time and just want to get a reminder of why you're here, uh, Rich and I like to talk about TV. Uh, that is one of our passions, and so we made this show. Uh, what we do is every week we randomly select or intentionally select a different show to watch, um, and we watch the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use that as a jumping-off point as uh, a source of discussion for what we thought of the show and what we make of criticisms and funny things out of the show, and we just let it take us wherever it may. But yeah, uh, before we get to this week's show, we like to we like to rap a little bit with each other. Uh, in a segment, I like to call "What You Watching." What you watch? Yo, what you watching, girl? Well, dog, I have watched a lot of TV. Uh, you told me this. We were at work, and and you gave me like a heads up, like, "Hey, man, I've watched a lot of TV." I'm like, "Good," because I haven't watched jack shit lately. Yes, and I don't watch a lot of TV, um, so this is kind of a big accomplishment. Um, so I mean, I didn't finish what I intended to finish, but oh. I'm I'm on the doorstep of finishing three series, which is pretty great. Oh. Um, I have been watching. I have two episodes left of Daredevil, and I thought it was good one through six, but then six and onward have been blowing my mind. <laughs> I would put Daredevil as one of my top favorite shows. It's it's really fucking great. Yeah. I mean, I get like an added bonus as like a comic book fan, but I am just cuckoo for Daredevil. I, I, across the board, man, performances are great and the writing's great and the production's fantastic. It is. It is. I'm really excited. I hope that Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist are good. I could see Jessica Jones being. Well, weaker one of the bunch. I could see Luke Cage being awesome. I could see Iron Fist being really, really fucking awesome. I okay. So the day we're recording this, the Jessica Jones trailer came out. That's starring Catherine Ritter. Is is that correct? Yeah, she's the dark haired woman from mm-hmm. Don't Trust the Bee, yes. Apartment Twenty Three. Yep. They, uh, when they were saying B, what did that st- did that stand for? Like, don't trust the, um, like the. I think it was like B dash. I think it was for B bitch. Da- yeah, it was b- bitch. I thought her character was a bitch. Well, I thought was, that was the don't don't trust the buddy in apartment twenty three. Is that so? Don't did hey, you man. really think that? Yeah, no. Keep your friends close, but but keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Don't trust the buddy in apartment twenty three. Don't trust the baby baby <laughs> in apartment twenty three. That'd be a good show. <laughs> That's. That would have been the, uh, the that would have been the Mad TV parody of that. Yeah, that would have been great. Oh, <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, so she's gonna be Jessica Jones. Have you watched the trailer? No, I have not. Okay, neither and have I. admittedly, I don't really know a lot about Jessica Jones as a character. Um, she was in a comic book called Alias. Mm-hmm. I think she has some degree of superpower or something, but I don't know uh, what exactly. So, what's an Iron Fist? Iron Fist is. Fucking dope. Iron Fist is like an American superpowered monk. It's awesome. Like uh, superpowered how? Um he so he is he, he like when his he I think his name's Danny Rand. I'm pretty positive about that. Uh his parents were like uh you know, like professors in like Eastern philosophy. So they were in Tibet and then his family gets knocked off. So he's raised by monks in Tibet. And I believe he slays like a mythical beast, and he hold he plunges his hand into the beast's chest and holds the beast's heart in his right hand. <laughs> and by doing that, it like he has like a super powered hand. That's where his name comes from. He has the Iron Fist, which right. is like, I mean, if I think if he punches you with it, you're probably done for. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else that extends to, but he's just a very cool. There was a big 
big kung fu fascination in the 70s mm-hmm. and that very much um, ran over into comic books. And so that's just Iron Fist right there. They they probably had to make him a monk too because any normal dude sees what that does to your hand and goes like, I'm going to put my dick on it. The <laughs> Iron Dick. Iron Dick. I wonder what it would be like to masturbate with an Iron Fist. That would be the worst because it's you probably – there's no – there's no gentle strokes. No. <laughs> you just, you can't touch it. You can't do it at all. You have to, you know, whatever your opposite hand is, you got to use your opposite hand. Uh, I know? think I'd just go with the iron fist. You thing. can't, I mean, like, if you want to, like... Would you, okay. If, you, you'd find that special girl would be the one that would want you to iron fist her. There you go. Oh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is getting crazy real quick. <laughs> Well, anyways, I hope those shows are that's good. A, that's how you know it's true. That's how yeah. you know it's true love. Luke Cage should be good. They should have gotten... Uh, I don't know who they picked for Luke Cage, though. The actor? I think they definitely kind of missed the boat. I think they could have had somebody pretty... I don't know. Compelling. They could have gotten Terry Crews. Oh, that would have been fucking dope. But he's been busy on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which uh, is four episodes in, back into season three. And it is so fucking good. Yeah. Um, it's. I think I'm liking this up. Uh, this the beginning of season three much better than I liked the beginning of season two. Uh, they've had a lot of guest stars recently. Andre Brower just keeps getting like better and better and better as a comedic actor. Is he the chief? He's the he's the captain. He's the captain. Captain, captain yes. Holt. I love him. He's, he's every time I've seen that show, he's my favorite part. He's the fucking best. And it was very clear what they were doing because it was the creators of Parks and Rec. So it was very clear that, okay, he is going to be the Ron Swanson of this group, stoic and just very straightforward, not a jokey character at all. Um, so what they did is for this season, uh, they cast a role that is Captain Holt's ex boyfriend. Because uh, he's he's gay, and they cast Nick Offerman as Captain Holt's ex boyfriend. Oh wow! Yeah, so I cannot. Uh, and and Captain Holt's current uh, his husband is played by Mark Evan Jackson, who is an improviser, came from Detroit, spent time in Chicago, and is now out in L.A. Um, and he's just really funny in general. He's on like the Super Ego podcast and so or no, Thrilling Adventure Hour. Never mind, sorry. Um, and he's just great as it is. So anytime he's on screen, it's fantastic. But to potentially get all three of them in the mix, I can't fucking wait. I don't, I don't know if it's come out yet or not. I don't know if they had like two episodes in one night or something. I haven't seen it yet. But I remember hearing about it and being very, very excited. That's dope. Yeah, that show's great. Um, again, that's another one that I mostly caught while we were living together and mm-hmm. just watching along with you. But never disliked it. Who's the, who's the guy... Uh, Joe de something. Joe Latruglio. Joe Latruglio. Oh, I love him too. He's he's from the state, and he um, he's originally. I saw again. This was on IMDb, and this was also like ten years ago. But I saw that he he's from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Ooh. And I remember like just when I saw that being down on kind of like trying to you know make it as a performer or something like that, and I I saw. <laughs> That fact on his profile going like, it's possible someone from where I'm from, if not adjacent to where I'm from, can make it. You can do it. And like, that's the thing. Like, Joe Latruglio isn't like a fucking A list, B list, or star, or whatever, like that, but he's a great comedic character actor. And like, I'm fine with that. If as far as I ever get is Joe Latruglio levels, I'm fucking ecstatic. Oh, yeah. I think there's even more to be said about having that kind of like appeal and respect in that community Mm -hmm. i mean like of course you know fame and fortune is what everyone thinks they want but like just to be like the go-to person or just like a reliable i was thinking about like um i was thinking about like like being the best improviser ever i was like i don't necessarily i don't think that's what i want to do i was like just being like like a good journeyman good role player in the nba yeah like, I want to be part of, like, a championship team. Hell yeah. And that's, I think, what a lot of, like, truly successful people are. Is they're a part of, like, a killer team. Yeah. I want to be, like, the fourth, fifth best player on a championship team, maybe a couple, like, but play for four to five different teams 
that are all contenders. Yeah. Uh, Joe Joe Latrulio also, I believe, married to Beth Dover, who is a, a comedic actress in Hollywood, who is a fox. So high five, Joe Latrulio. You're do you're doing it, dog. Way to go. Another Italian. Another beautiful, handsome, talented Italian man. You're, 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 <laughs> like they all are. <laughs> you're, you're making it possible for the rest of us, man. Yeah. Uh, I have also... I'm about... So I, I got two episodes until uh, I'm done with Daredevil Season 1. I fell asleep to the last episode of the first season of Twin Peaks. But I've gone through okay. the rest of Twin Peaks Season 1. And... Uh, it's worth it. It's worth okay. it. It's weird. It's stupid at times, but also super compelling at other times. Um, uh, it, the plot's getting a little convoluted what? in terms of. I know, right? But I really am enjoying it. Um, fucking Kyle McLaughlin, dude. Mm-hmm. He is just such a pimp. He is just the. And honestly, you know, uh, in this in this age, when you know, there's a a huge renewed you know movement and um, you know in feminist perspectives and things like that. There is an excellent, like, just a incredibly positive scene between uh, Kyle McLaughlin's character and I can't remember her name, but the very beautiful dark-haired actress. She plays a younger actress, and she like surprises him one night and is not. Not trying to seduce him, mm-hmm. but wants him to be intimate with her. Yeah. Intimate with her, and he handles it like a fucking awesome gentleman. It's Ooh. one of the most. It was one of the high points of the series. It was just like it was just great. Okay. Um. So definitely watch that. Agent Dale Cooper is one of the best TV characters ever. Um. So chances are, in my lifetime, I'm probably never going to watch season one of Twin Peaks. Okay. Watch the rest of it. Sure. So. Um, I mean, if you could, I don't know if he like came with you. I don't know if he's like, I don't know if he travels in a bag or anything like that. Uh, and Ponswoggle characters come out of the woodwork. Um, so, would it be possible? And spoiler alert, if you haven't and you're intending on it, uh, but could David Lynch just summarize season one for me? Yeah, sure. Just one second. Yeah, let me go. You can let go, me go grab pull him. A, David. David. What? David, come in here. Now. Yes, now. Just you sit, David. Yeah, just sit right here. Okay. Well, are you going to introduce yourself to who? <laughs> We're recording right now. Hi, uh, Mr. David Lynch. Uh, um, I can't necessarily say I'm a big fan, but I am familiar with your work. My name is Rich. Uh, I know who you are, Richard. Okay. okay. We've spoken before. We have. Okay, I just wasn't sure. I I've wasn't been sure in the you... kitchen. Talking to the dishes. That's <laughs> correct. David, what, correct. what were you doing here? Robert, you sit this one out. Cool your heels. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, Robert. Um, it's okay. D- David, uh, uh, Robert was actually just talking about Twin Peaks. And, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really busy. I got a lot of shows on my plate I got to watch. And I was wondering if you personally, the creator of Twin Peaks could just summarize uh, the the first season, recap the first season for me. Sure, Twin Peaks is an examination of the dark underbelly of Americana. I myself grew up in the Pacific Northwest and knew that just below the surface a bubbling, brewing plot of betrayal was going on. Oh, no. Or at least I thought that would be a good story. So what happened? What happens on Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks revolves around the death of Laura Palmer, a beautiful 18-year-old young woman who is the toast of her town, beloved by everyone. However, her death sparks an investigation into the crimes that are secretly being perpetrated across this town. What other crimes? Well, dark, suspicious things. Crimes against women. Oh, no. Crimes, drugs, alcohol, anything. And it's up to Agent Dale Cooper, the FBI, and Sheriff Harry Truman to figure out what's going on. Hold on. Sheriff Harry Truman? Uh, Yeah, I came up with that. Little on the nose, do you think? 
What do you mean? Never mind. Moving on. Richard, I think you're getting wrapped up in the in the story. Richard, much of my work, much of my work is what you're not seeing, as opposed to what's on the screen. So what happens? Do they ever find the killer? In season one? No, not in season one. No. Okay. All right. What ha- like? What are some twists and turns that happen in this investigation? Why are you making me do this? I'm are, sorry. Why are you making me spoil my own <laughs> what my one of my most beloved works? Because honestly, Richard, David, I'm not gonna watch it. It's coming back. You know that, right? I understand that. So is the X Files. I want to get caught up on that. What's X Files? The, the X Files. Oh, yeah. About the X Files. Like, Never. Superna- okay. Yeah. About supernatural, Scully and Mulder. They're like, I think they're FBI investigators. That sounds ridiculous. You know what? You're really right, David Lynch. It is. Uh, thank you very much for your time. You're David. welcome. I'm going to uh, go meditate. <laughs> I would love to know what that's like. Bye bye. <laughs> okay. Thank you, David. Uh, it was great to have it right from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Well, he takes it. He takes it pretty seriously. He does. He's a weird cat. It's a cool show, though. I mean, really, yeah. he didn't get into too much detail, but um, yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, it's there's a lot of stupid shit in the show. I didn't want right. to say it in front of David, but uh, there's a lot of dumb shit. Yeah, uh, there's some. There's some. The, one of the most Lynchian things, but the thing that works the best is uh, Agent Cooper has like a prophetic dream, mm-hmm. and you get to see Laura Palmer in it. You know, like alive and and acting, yeah. and it's um. It is incredibly weird, but strangely affecting. And that is that is the best that David Lynch can pull off, is being yeah. very weird, but somehow still hitting the mark that you are caring about these characters or are invested in his story. That's a really difficult like mark to aim for. Like, oh, yeah. Even if you're really good at it, you're probably not going to nail it. Like anything more than like 18% of the time. Absolutely. It's a consi- there's no consistency to be had. Yeah. It's like you the best thing you can do is be honest because that's that's where it's coming from when it succeeds. Yeah. And like you said, your your lifetime average is going to be pretty bad. Yeah. But when you hit it, it's just so yeah. goddamn good. I'm personally a huge fan of Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive is a good movie. That's what I really, really want to see. Like that's the Lynch movie more than like more than even Blue Velvet, which I haven't seen. I really want to see Mulholland Drive. Yeah, Blue Velvet I find to be very uh, entertaining and it just like very signature like David Lynch. Mm-hmm. But Mulholland Drive really. There, I was watching Mulholland Drive and it won't ruin anything. But one of these characters clearly starts out as a caricature. Is mm-hmm. like a a young ambitious like girl from the country is, has come to Hollywood to be a star. She yeah. starts off as a completely two-dimensional joke and then by close to the end of the film she's become a really real three-dimensional character yeah. and I was like by the time I realized that I was like holy shit yeah. David Lynch is throwing it down. Whereas like thank you <laughs> I thought okay never mind I, I just never know where he is now uh, just make sure you take him when you leave I will. Because I already got enough Freaks and weirdos running around here as it is. Yeah. We don't need them getting <laughs> together. Uh, so, but yeah, like Blue Velvet is something I'd want to see more so for Dennis Hopper than anything. Just yes. as a Dennis Hopper fan, I feel like I need to see that. Absolutely. Whereas Mulholland Drive is just like, I know I need to see it. I'll say it. I'll yeah. get there. Um, so, so that's two shows. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the third show that you? Uh, I got some finished? True Detective down too. I okay. think I'm one away from True Detective. Okay. Uh, I'm so glad you said that, actually, because I was actually, I was going to say, and then I forgot, but now I remember to say about season two of True Detective, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people were were making a lot of uh, David Lynch comparisons, like, oh man, they're, Pizzolatto's trying a lot of, like, David Lynch stuff here, but (laughs) from everything that I understood of the David Lynch he was, he was borrowing, it was all of the shitty, weird, like, if you were going to parody David Lynch, that's the stuff you would take yeah. from the David Lynch stuff that was in True Detective Season 2. Because all of True Detective Season 2 was a dumpster fire. Hey, how much of that did you see? I stopped at the fourth episode, wow. and then I watched the finale just because poor Mullet just like was going crazy. He was going insane. Wow. 
Yeah. That's a that's impressive, and that's a that's a large allowance you give a show, you know. Yeah, like uh, season one of True Detective was good. It was really good up until the the fourth episode when things really just fucking punched you in the dick, looked you in the eyes, and said, "Come with me. We're gonna go fuck your brain up together." Yeah. In the best way possible, and and then it was it was just so high octane from there. Um, and the performances were so fucking great. The acting was great. The story was intriguing. And 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 just everything that became revealed had you more like, oh, my God, this is so deep. And, and like, uh, how high up does it go? Conspiracy and supernatural and, and paranoia. Um, where uh, uh, season two, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go that up to the fourth episode. Because one thing that season two was doing really well was giving you a shitty show, and then in the last five minutes of that show, m- doing something to make you go, well, I gotta fucking see what happens. Mm-hmm. I gotta, that was really good. That was really good. And then you come back, and it's more fucking just... Dumpster fire. Just, just fucking sharding on, on, on screen. Ugh. Yeah, and then the end of season four... Or at the end of episode four, season two, was so bad that made me go fuck everything about this. That's too but, bad. I mean, it's. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, 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 no. See, yeah, Just that they seem like they. I mean, coming out at end of season one. I mean, there are a lot of anticipation. I mean, just hearing about the casting for for True Detective season two. Yeah. Was like every moment. It's like oh, update. And yeah. Everyone. I think there was some high expectations that were not met. <clears throat> And you do True Detective season three completely on a boat. <laughs> like like Jaws like. Do it on the Sea Org with Scientology. On the Sea Org? The Sea Org. Do you, are that? you not familiar with the Sea Org? I'm C-Org? not, no. Is Watch. this should I go get David to see? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. This would this would creep even David Lynch out. Um like seriously, watch going clear. Uh, it was the HBO documentary on Scientology. The Sea Org is basically the I'm trying to think of like the best way to do to to describe it because it started out as basically a way for uh, L. Ron Hubbard to like evade international law by being in international waters um, and just basically use Scientology recruits as like crew. They're working for pennies, and uh, and then. It's kind of like Scientology College, sort of like that's where you go. It's it's weird. It's it's fucking Scientology. Of course, it's weird. But like, yeah, it's a it's a thing. I don't even know if it's still even a thing anymore. But that's basically what it was. Like, you were young, you joined Sea Org, and you basically like fucking you know earned your keep or whatever in Scientology. You had to fucking like earn pay your dues. I was like paying your dues in Scientology except for like paying your dues was like being thrown overboard for insubordination. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It just just take like Scientology testimony. Just do Scientology research and just put it to screen. Like the master, the master could have been just so much better if it wasn't like a veiled version of Scientology. Yeah, I should have just full on. Been just like, say it. Just, just what's up. Say it. No. Yeah. yeah. But what'd you think of season one, though? Um. Again, I got one more to go. But that's the thing is like I, I'm not expecting like a grand finale. I'd like I want to know the answers to some questions, but <laughs> maybe that's the mark of a good show is that I've already enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of stuff stuff recently. Oh, our our. If you're listening to this, you know, now or whenever, the the Cubs have been swept out of the playoffs by uh, the Mets, which is unfortunate. But the city is not that uh, uh, distraught because, again, it was it was so good the whole season. Yeah. And, um, and we we're hoping good. to be back next year or whatever. But, like, again, um, I'm seeing that a lot in life. Like, the hallmark is just, like, it's not about the ending. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Daredevil, I want to see how, you know, that comes to yeah. an end. But just, like, it's already been kick-ass. It's not the destination. It's the journey, man. Absolutely. True Detective. I mean, True Detective at the start was a little hard because I felt sometimes it got a little too da- downer with mm-hmm. all of Russ's, like, shit. Yeah. But... um. 
I just love it. I love that that uh, setting of yeah. like Louisiana. Oh, the bayou. The bayou. Oh man, it's rich. It's just there's so much to mine from there because oh, yeah. there's so much to to not know. You know, like uh, 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 let me uh, let me ask you a question yeah. once you finish this thought. Sorry. Well, a setting like L.A. or New York or you know even like Chicago or like major metropolitan areas, there's. It's all like out there. If it's in a building, you can go into a building and figure stuff out or whatever. But like, it's all <clears throat> there aren't areas, geographical areas that were like, what's out there? Whereas Louisiana, like, it's just scary. It's uh, it's cre- like your mind can wander in a setting like that. Yeah. Because like, it's even different from like, because True Detective season two, some things went out to like you know the desert. Or whatever, and it's like whatever is the desert. Uh, it's fine. It's all flat or whatever. Whereas, and there's nothing else. There's nothing else out there, you know. Whereas, like the bayou, man. There's also man. You don't know what's under that water. You don't know what's coming from out behind that tree. Mm-hmm. It's creepy as hell. It is creepy as hell. And and you don't know what backwoods ass gross people have a shack out here. Yeah, and what they're doing in it. Yeah. Um, on that topic of this setting and cause it's Halloween and cause we're geeks and everything. Yeah. If, if there were American and this is going to get lighthearted wizarding schools. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before. Oh, maybe, yeah. Um, but maybe not on podcast. Where would you think you'd find an American Hogwarts? Ooh. Um, I want to say someplace, um, you would find someplace, you can find like two or three. Yeah, yeah. There'd be several campuses across America because this is a large, beautiful country. Um, I think you would definitely find one sort of like in colonial America, um, sort of like old America. Like it would be somewhere hidden in Massachusetts or like oh, yeah. or like in Maine. It'd be like in Maine. It'd be in New England yeah. somewhere. There's definitely somewhere in New England. Dude, but definitely in New England, it'd be the Ivy League of the Wizarding Schools. Yeah. It'd probably be, be like the charter. They'd be pre- pretentious as fuck. Everyone would hate them. And, you know, so many Wizarding writers would get cast on Wizarding SNL as, you know, fucking Weekend Update hosts. <laughs> yep. Um, then you, I feel like you would find another one. Kind of like, because like Hogwarts was really out of the way. Like it was really hard to get to. Yeah. Um, so I feel like you'd probably find like another one in like Montana. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be pretty neat. Like one of those like pl- like big plains states. Yeah. It'd like maybe be behind the face and uh, of like, well, no, that's already the headquarters for Team America. Right. Around <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. So that's already that that real estate is claimed. Yes, we're living in the same world. Um, but yeah, somewhere in that area. Yeah. Um, and then probably there'd be another one. I feel like you'd have to give one to the South just because they're like, there aren't Southern wizards, but like there probably would be Southern wizards. Well, like we we're talking about, I feel that the Bayou, the Louisiana, the South is, would, a, yeah. is a supernatural place. Go. Perfect. So I think you probably could land a wizarding school right there somewhere. Yeah. Anywhere where there's like a history, you know, again, the, the more supernatural parts of our, our country or our heritage, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why true, to, or not true to the fucking true blood, true, true bloody detectives, uh, true blood was set there. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, if you're going to set witches and vampires and shit like that in any part of the American South, yeah, like it's, it's Gothic, it's historic, it's, and it's so different from the rest of the South. It's got so much more culture yeah. than the rest of the South. I, uh, I think that's fucking nail on the head for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Did you have any, like, uh, uh, like growing up, you know how there were like Halloween specials of every show? They still do it, but like, it doesn't feel like it's nearly as much. But like, cause I don't even know if Saturday morning cartoons are as much as a thing as they were. I feel like we've had this conversation before. But did you ever have any like Halloween episodes of like either cartoons or sitcoms or like TGIF shows that like you still remember to this day? That's a really, really good question. And the first one that popped in my head was actually one that was uh, on Doug. Hell yeah. Okay. It was a Doug Halloween episode. And it had to do with like this amusement park. And they were like sneaking around it after dark. And um, it was a really, it was really cool because 
the ending was the best part. Basically, like Doug goes in and he gets scared by Roger and some other assholes um, while they're all inside the park. And then they, they, they find another guy who's like the ghost of this park. Um, but he, he helps Doug and he takes him to almost like a secret lair. It's almost like a bat cave. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it, it seems pretty clear that it's just like another one of his friends or another human being helping him out. But then at the end of the episode, it's revealed like, no, that was really like a ghost. Yeah. Like, it was like half the episode, Doug was walking around with this guy and he wasn't freaking out at all. Uh-huh. And then at the very end of the episode, it's like revealed like, oh no, that was real. And he just like <laughs> loses his shit. Like, it was just cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, there's a few. Uh, one, the first one off the top of my head I'll always associate with Halloween is, was an episode of Garfield and Friends. Really? Do you remember? Do you remember Garfield and Friends? I remember it. I don't know what this is. It like. was it was Garfield uh, and Odie going out, uh, trick or treating, and uh, like rowing out to like this little island on a lake where like they they just knew that was gonna be like the jackpot for candy, because you know Garfield's got to get his candy on, um, and like of course like the boat's haunted on the way over there and it's just Garfield and Odie encountering ghosts and I loved it. It was my favorite. That's cool. Um, that, of course, the um, another one that comes to mind was the Ghost Train episode of Hey Arnold. Yep. That's a classic episode that I haven't seen in a long time but I will bet dollars to donuts that that shit still holds up today. I would totally agree with that. Um, another one was uh, there were a few like Halloween specific episodes of uh, the real Ghostbusters with like these two characters that specifically were like trying to like they would dress up in Halloween costumes to like try and infiltrate infiltrate the Ghostbusters Halloween party and like one of them was a Crowley like the real Ghostbusters cartoon show like threw a lot of fucking like weird like culty figure names in there like there, i'm pretty sure there's a character that was like if if the name wasn't alistair crowley it was adjacent to that wow which like as a kid you don't you don't know what that is and then you hear what the fuck alistair crowley was now and you're like whoa yeah oh they just let us because there was no they, they didn't i guess the risk wasn't that like a kid then grabbing an ipad and wikipediaing that Right? It's like, oh, they won't know. Worst Don't. case scenario, they just ask an adult, and an adult just ignores them. You know? It's like, yeah. All right, sure. Yeah. Or, exactly. Oh, he was nobody. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Or the adult just dumb and doesn't know either. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's even better. Is they just don't know. <laughs> Adults used to be even dumber. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure, like, if I ask my mom, like, who Alistair Crowley... Uh, my mom might know, because my mom got into some crazy shit in the 70s. Not crazy shit, but, like, she probably would have known. My, da- eh, my dad probably would have known, too, actually, now that I think about it. But, like, I don't know. I Definitely, like, some of my friends' parents wouldn't have known, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, man. Oh, God. There were so many good ones. I remember even, like, some TGIF shows and stuff like that had Halloween episodes... I remember there being an episode of like Growing Pains where that uh, was the one with Kirk Cameron, right? I I'm not. I think so. Live action stuff yeah. from like the '80s and that I'm very unfamiliar. Um, where like his whole family turned into zombies. I remember that specifically as a kid. Um, there were some creepy step by step episodes as well. There's some good stuff. There's some good stuff that I remember. Yeah. And like I would always have these on the VHS tape. So whenever same thing with the Christmas specials. And we'll we'll talk about that when it gets to December. Yeah. But I would always pop in the VHS every Halloween and watch all these episodes. Yeah. Oh fuck. So the good. uh the director of Nightmare Before Christmas came out and definitively said that it is a Halloween movie. Hell yeah. And not a Christmas movie. Oh, and I'm sorry, you're not talking about Tim Burton, correct? That's correct. Oh, okay, good. Just so everyone fucking knows. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm so bad at names. Do you happen to know who I don't know who it is, but what matters is it's not Tim Burton. It's not Tim Burton. So fuck off, everybody. Yeah. It's the same guy who did Coraline, which is fan-fucking-tastic. Never seen it. Always looked great. Oh, man, is that shit good. Yeah. God, Coraline is good. Now, Tim Burton did do Corpse Bride, correct? Yes, he did. Okay. Straight up directed. Well, see, I think he directed that. I don't know if he wrote that. Right. It's like he wrote Nightmare, mm-hmm. but didn't direct it. Neil Gaiman's the man. 
Gotcha. Neil Gaiman yeah. is, uh, wrote um, Coraline. Yeah. Oh. I have some some Neil Gaiman I gotta uh, read yeah. as well um, on my on my list. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, oh, and needless to say, goes without saying, all the the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror show episodes. Oh yeah. I mean, Christ's sake. Yeah, I can't do some of those are pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Aside from that, have you ever done a uh, Halloween Horror Nights? Yes, I have. I think I did two. <clears throat> Which is great. It's great growing up in Florida because of the parks. I don't yeah. know. I think you have a special relationship with the parks when you grow up there. And yeah. yeah, Definitely kind of take them for granted. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, we have, you know, Mullet and all them, they'll go all the time. Yeah. Right? Like constantly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, d- they don't take it for granted, which is good. But yeah. I feel like when we were there, we totally did. Yeah. Um, didn't go like nearly as much as we should have, but like when we did, it was like, yeah, of course, duh, whatever, get out of my way, God. <laughs> um, yeah, I've only been to one, and it was great. It was uh, the year before I moved up here, actually. Um, Do you remember what the houses were? The houses, I remember very specifically what the houses were because they were so affecting that I had to like fucking press pause and stop going into some houses. Uh, the first one we did was, I believe, the American Werewolf in London house, which was phenomenal. Um, just like effects and animatronics and everything just to a 10. It was fantastic. Um, the best house, uh, my favorite house, was the Cabin in the Woods house. Oh, man, that sounds cool. It was on fucking point. It, was, it, it nailed everything. There was a merman. It was great. Uh, there was the one guy where, you know, like the guy that has like the, 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 the rotary saw blade, like halfway through his head or whatever, mm-hmm. or he's like, he's holding the thing. <clears throat> There's a room where you're like walking through all the nightmares that are in their cells. Yes. And that guy like can come out at the end of that room, like comes out of the cell. Uh, and in the group I was with, uh, the girl that was like in front of me, um, he like came out and jumped out at her and she just completely fell. She just fell right on her ass. I'm like, oh shit! I'm like going to pick her up, but like he he then completely and they are not supposed to. They are not allowed to do this. He'll probably get in trouble if they hear about this years after the fact. But he just straight up broke character and offered to help her up. Oh, but right, sweet, oh, so sweet. Except he still looks like that. Yeah, and it only scares her more. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, uh, so that was great. And then after that, we went to the. it was the Evil Dead house, and it was right after the remake of Evil Dead came out. Was she, have you ever seen that? The remake no, of it? I have not. Very, it's very good. Um, it's very much along the lines of like the original Evil Dead, which was much more straightforward, not played for laughs at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was even, like it just ratcheted everything up. So it was still really good, but it was just even more fucking intense, and they just did more shit that they just couldn't do back in the day mm-hmm. for effect. Like it wasn't like fucking George Lucas throwing some goddamn elephants in the background or whatever. Like this was real shit. And they used like tens of thousands of gallons of blood too. That uh, sounds pretty great. It's 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 a good remake. I recommend watching it. That's good. Cause I felt like it was, but yeah. then heard the critical response was bad. Uh, but it's like, I don't know. The response was middling, mm-hmm. um, probably because there was a lot of like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like more people have, have seen and are familiar with Evil Dead 2 than Evil Dead, mm-hmm. which this was straight up just about the Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, if you want something more along the lines of Evil Dead 2, I'm looking forward to Ash versus the Evil Dead, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is actually premiering Halloween night on Stars, I believe it is. Anyway, I saw the trailer. The trailer looks fucking great. Um, but yeah, so they had this house and this house was just fucking bad. It was good. I mean, like in a great way, but it just so much so to where as soon as I got out of the house, the group I was with, I had to tell them like, you guys go ahead. Yeah. I need to take a, I need to take five, 10. I'll let you know when I'm ready. Yeah. Um, and it was great. They did their thing, and you're in Universal Studios, so you go and you can still ride the rides and shit like that. You go to certain areas, and there's like scare zones. And this year, every scare zone was a um, a Walking Dead scare zone, which was awesome. There are all sorts of like little Easter eggs to the show and everything. It was fucking great, great detail. 
Um, and then the last house that I did do when I finally steeled my courage again was the Walking Dead house, which was based off of season three in the prison. So that was, that was pretty good. Cool. Yeah. The most uh, memorable one that I ever went through was one that was based on The Thing. This John Hell thing. yeah, dude. That thing kicked ass. It Fuck was, yeah. Obviously, all the effects, all the monsters were great. Um, the other, but the the great thing was that uh, the 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 actors were like a SWAT team that was like in combat, and so they were just like screaming at you to like go. Uh, so it was a really yeah. interesting way to like get you know harass the public without them being like the direct antagonist. It was just like these guys, these guys, total black ops, like couldn't see a thing. They're just like screaming, at you, just like go, go, go. It was awesome. <laughs> It was so cool. Uh, our friend Johnny O'Mara um, goes to Halloween Horror Nights every year, so uh, I'm pretty sure it's one of the more recent uh, uh, Dilettante Ball episodes you can go and hear about this year's Halloween Horror Nights, which was the 25th anniversary, um, so they had like a best of house and shit like that. It was, it was crazy. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and as far as eh, what else I've been watching, again, just so fucking busy. I haven't been able to start Fargo, haven't been able to start The Nick, um, I'm behind on Drunk History. I'm behind on uh, the sitcoms that I've been watching. I'm just behind on fucking everything because more Halloween stuff. Been working on the uh, speaking of all about it, speaking about a pilot. Working on the Ghost Trackers pilot, right? Which, if you're in the Chicago area, you can see the American premiere of at the Bug House Theater on uh, this. Nope, nope. It already happened. It already happened. So it'll be. It'll be. On YouTube, so check it out on YouTube. We'll tweet out the link. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, a lot of fun stuff we were working on for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So aside from that, we've stalled long enough. I guess we got stalled to... <laughs> long enough. Now time to actually talk about the show that okay. we watched. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the show that we watched was what was it? Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Yes. Yeah. I think that's correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I overall. Um, I enjoyed it. I I mean, I'm not going to say... I mean, overall, I was pretty in the middle. Uh, what I most liked about this show was, like, the production of it. Mm-hmm. It was very well produced and well shot. Um, it is pretty generic detective stuff. I mean, you're getting real generic there. Um, and the the lead... You know, trying to sell it just on like the lead. I don't know if I could get down with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So overall, I was okay with it. Uh, I agree with you 100. I I always try to find something positive um, in in the, whatever show it is that we watch, and I was trying to think about it all day. And you you hit the nail on the head. The production was great. It was, everything looked really good. It, it was fine, especially was for fun. like a, a a different era. This is like 1920s. Yeah. And is it in Australia? Or is it in? Where the fuck is this show? I think it's in Australia because okay. some of the more common folk uh, have Australian accents, right? But like all of the main characters that are highfalutin and of a higher class have British accents. Right. I was trying to distinguish. I'm like, is that just like a fucking really like nice, very good person? I don't know, like like a very refined Australian accent, which will then sound British. I don't know. Yeah, fuck them. They're all British accents. Um, <clears throat> the show lacked the charisma and wit uh, of a Sherlock Holmes story, which it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It lacked the um, the uh, endearing elements of Downton Abbey, which it was also trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just also lacked any fucking chutzpah whatsoever. Um, and I straight up fell asleep during this show. Yeah. So after like 20 minutes and me realizing that the lead character and her haircut like reminded me a lot of my ex-girlfriend, I just fell asleep. <laughs> uh, I was intimidated by her cheekbones. <laughs> that kept going through my mind. They're... Like she had a Watson straight up. They're Watson. She was a detective. Yeah. She had a golden gun at one point. Did you see that? I the one of the last things I remember was her screaming, "I have a gun!" See that there were funny moments in this, and there were funny moments that were some of my one of my favorite things is when you make a joke and don't bring a ton of attention to it. Sure, 
at the near the end of it, she um, this maid who she has helped and kind of rescued um, is she's like he's like oh I'm going out whatever blah 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 and she like she's like as I guess women do she like kisses her goodbye like mm-hmm. on the forehead mm-hmm. and just it's super quick and then it just pulls away and the the girl has like a massive <coughs> lipstick stain on right in the middle of her forehead and, but they don't make much mention of it it's just a quick real quick visual gag. There were other things that made me laugh during the show. Oh, something about like, uh, something about her, I guess birth control pills, even though it's the twenties. But it was funny. Um, yeah, like you said, it was, it was not endearing, like old timey stuff that we want to feel cozy with, like Downton Abbey, and it was not gripping. Kind of like yeah. any iterate, good iteration of Sherlock Holmes is. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't like clever or smart either. Um, at least like from as far as I got into it. Uh, and again, there just wasn't a lot of charisma on screen. There was. There weren't any characters that were drawing me in at all. Like I could have. I could have made the conscious decision to, to to sit up and like shit. Oh, what's gonna happen next? No, wasn't compelled to. Sorry. You know, Sherlock is is sort of infamous for this aloofness and kind of this dickery um, because he's so smart and, you know, and kind of has, you know, poor social skills. He's kind of a dick. Um, But, and we've gone over this before, like this this attitude is a real hard sell, I think, for a lot of people, but certainly for me. And you really have to be able to balance Mm -hmm. that aloofness and that attitude with a reason to care about them, yeah. and that's that's really pretty hard to do. Um, I think that I think that Cumberbatch is is just a very talented performer, yeah. and probably why he can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this lady, this lead lady, you know, she had sass and stuff, but just kind of didn't. I didn't hate her, but I just kind of really didn't like her either. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot because I don't want to say I really, really disliked this show, but I just was not really gripped by it. it. Right? You just there was nothing to 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 keep you interested in it. It just it just didn't have anything. It, it's it, like another. It's again with the detective thing. It's like here's the crime. Yeah. Here are the suspects. Mm-hmm. Here's who we think the suspects are. Oh, here's the danger. It was very, danger averted. Here's a solution. It's very by the book. That Very is this whole book. genre is incredibly by the book. You know what was a fantastic show was Monk. Yeah? Did you watch Monk at no, all? No, never really got into Monk. Monk was fantastic. Monk was the, the famous USA TV show starring Tony Shalhoub. Of Wings fame. Mm-hmm, where he um, he played an obsessive-compulsive detective. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to just frantic degree. I mean, mm-hmm. he was brilliant. And it was his OCD that really allowed him to pick up on small things. But it was totally a handicap as well. I mean, yeah. he couldn't couldn't go outside half the time. Um, that was a great show. And again, like you have to with detective stuff, you really gotta bring something different or new or likable because we all know, you know, the crime, and we're gonna solve the mystery. And there you go. It's yeah. Formulaic. Yeah. All right. So. Um I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we have about an episode's worth of time here, so yeah. I'm, I'm good just calling it as it is, unless yeah. there's anything else you want to talk about. No, I would maybe conditionally pick this up for another episode uh, before totally closing the book on it, but, but I don't know. I think the only reason I would is because it's really well put together, and for being, for being set in the 20s, they dealt with drugs, they dealt with you know, sex and yeah. and uh, contraception and stuff. Things you don't normally hear. I liked a lot of the ideas behind it. I yeah. liked, you know, I uh, uh, liked it having a, uh, a female lead character in a mm-hmm. role that has to challenge men. Uh, and and, and I, I liked all that. It just, again, like, it, they, they didn't cast someone that was particularly interesting or it wasn't written particularly interesting for that actress. I, there were a lot of things, I guess, that didn't happen. I liked, I liked where it was coming from, but I didn't like... The execution of it, yeah, or the you final know? product that was yeah. there, yeah. So, um, uh, if if sleeping through it is called, it would render me picking it up. I would pick it up, but otherwise, I do not pick that show up. Fair enough. I do think it, it's got like three seasons. 
I saw that. I mean, there's a ton. They made a ton of episodes. Yeah. This might. This I think this first episode was from 2012. This might. This show might be in production. Though. I think it's still running. Yeah. Yeah. It's still. It's a hit. The show may be a hit for all we know from Australian broadcast services or bro- the Australian broadcasting company ABC. Oh. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. This is a. This is a proven show. Yeah. Or. Is it well? No, it wouldn't even be like a like a CSI or an NCIS or like one of our procedurals here, because it's it's there's no other procedurals here that are set in a different fucking time period. Yeah. So, you know, it's got that I guess. Over the rest of these, I could see parents liking this show. Yeah. You know, because it's that comfort. In a, in an age where. <laughs> I don't have any other options, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just on, yeah. like, let's say I'm at my grandparents' house and I have no internet and I have one channel and Mrs. Fisher is on, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as it, as soon as I can really probably go watch Daredevil or uh-huh. go watch or go, go watch Monk. Monk is yeah. absolutely great. Monk was on for like, Fucking like it was on forever, like nine years. And Shaloub got Emmy love. Yes, too. he did. They and it was well deserved. Yeah. Monk is fantastic. Um, um, but if there's two channels at Grandma's house, and it's like this and the Blacklist, I'm watching the Blacklist. You know, <laughs> like I feel like that's the comp as far as like the demographic it's going for, or something like, or something. I don't even know. You know, like you were talking about like murder mystery shows, and like what's the hook? What's the angle? What's the catch? Who's gonna draw you in? Like fucking like. I don't know. The, one of the first things that 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 I was thinking of was like Murder She Wrote. Yeah. Like that, that show did nothing different episode to episode, but Angela Lansbury was still, um, you know, a good enough performer to like keep you coming back to like just watch her do that thing. Yeah. I you know again I I I don't really want to put this on this actress because I think she was really trying. She was fine. She was fine. Yeah, she, she was. She was. Yeah. Hey, she was acting. She was acting. She was acting. All right. Maybe if maybe if I knew somebody in the show, I'd watch it. Maybe if Rich if Rich was in this show, I'd watch every episode. If Rich was like you know fourth or fifth build, I'd be like, oh yeah, I gotta watch Miss Fisher. And you like you know promote for your friends like guys, watch Miss Fisher. Our yeah. buddy Rich is in it. Check this shit out. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I I would maybe give it one more, but I don't know. I do really like. I don't know. Shit. This. I think that. How would you fix this show? Having seen what you saw, let's say you're an executive. Like, what would you do to make this show work? I don't know. Take some chances in the writing. Like you know, instead of. When you're writing something, you know if something feels familiar. Even if you're excited about it, you know like. Deep down, it's coming from a place that you're drawing from that you've seen before, you've heard before, you like seen played out before. Mm-hmm. So just instead of zigging or just like staying on the, along the straight line, zig when you would otherwise zag, or zag when you were just gonna fucking write the same old shit anyway. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> I feel like this was written at, like through a template. Like yes. time period twenties, uh, 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 main character woman, yep, quirky friend doctor, you know, like it was all through a fucking template, a fill in the blanks, man, a color in the lines, yes. and just just fuck with that a little bit. That's how I would do it. It's still an interesting time period. You still have this is one of the things I like about the Nick, uh, among a million other things, is like them trying to uh, solve these modern day problems that we still have using limited amounts to burgeoning versions of technology. Like one of the things I remember before dozing off to sleep was like the maid, like being afraid to answer the phone. Yes. Did that like come back at all later on? Yes. She's wearing these like weird gloves. It's like pivotal that she uses the phone later and she does. Okay. Like she overcomes her fear of the phone to use it. So like that's an interesting thing, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just just and and again, you know, I don't know what it's like to be in a casting room or trying to cast a show at all or anything like that. But everyone just seems so fucking milk toast, you know. 
I think it. I think this show thinks it's being daring by showing like, you think you know women in the twenties. Yeah. Here's women in the twenties, and it's like, it just doesn't doesn't carry as much weight because it's fucking eighty years since, and we don't care. You know, it's like maybe right. maybe that was how they really were. It's more risque. What it's kind of like the, I don't know, trying to be like the great. Well, and Gatsby, I don't know. I feel like there were a few moments of her like doing things a woman of today would do, mm-hmm. and like gaining a little bit of like a, a, a of of drawback from like people around her going like, oh yeah. But like, no, if they were to do that, then it would fucking ruin society, right? You know, if she would like talk to somebody like that, then she'd be arrested talking to that inspector like that. So maybe if the show aired in the twenties, it'd be a fucking hit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I but yeah, it, um, that's where I'm at with it, man. I just, I just, the, to put it in the most vague of terms, I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, I understand. Um, I just shot a, a a beer tab across the room by accident. Um, yeah, I give it one more, and then I close the book on it i would what i would do to save the show is i'd make it like bioshock and i'd give her like superpowers and she'd have to fight like aliens and cannibals and it would be fucking great sign me up yeah sign me up for that show. thank you dog fuck telling you bioshock man bioshock is great so thanks so much for listening uh we really appreciate you tuning in for this episode of picked up uh, as follows with the new format, our next episode will be another one of Rich's Elevator Pitches, uh, where he will discuss various things and reveal um, the pick for the following week, which we will determine uh, between him and I. Uh, but again, it's really a huge help to us that you guys listen and that you give us some feedback. As Rich, like, Rich likes to say, uh, we want this to be a dialogue with you guys, not a monologue from us. So please get in touch with us. There's a number of ways you can do that. You can find us on Facebook by searching Picked Up Podcast. You can email us if you ever feel like it by um, shooting an email over to PickedUpPodcast at gmail.com or one of our favorite ways, you can tweet us at PickedUpPod if you would like to actually suggest a show for us to watch. Uh, We have a little process. Rich, would you like to tell us what that is? Yeah, uh, simple enough. Uh, If you... Hit us up on Facebook. You can leave uh, the suggestions that you would like. Uh, you can post them to our Facebook page. And then for us to have them qualified. This isn't even us, man. This is just, you know, the system. Like, even podcasts get very bureaucratic sometimes. So, sure. you know, you got to fill out the form over on Facebook. Um, and it's not as boring as I'm making it sound, I promise you. So you got to fill out your form for your show that you'd like to suggest over on Facebook. And then you head on over to iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. Leave us as many stars as you deem necessary. I deem five stars, but hey, you're not me. Um, leave us a review. Leave us um, a, a written review. That way, uh, when I check the iTunes reviews, they'll be there. If you Review us on another platform other than iTunes. Take a screenshot of it and send it to Pick the Pot on Twitter. That way um, we know. Because I, I don't always check all the other ones. I got an iPhone, man. Right. I, you know. Hey, we all know who the, the big player in town is. It's <laughs> iTunes. To deal with it. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, for the fifth time. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can tweet me at mbravo, mbravo, and you can find me on Instagram at real.rob.bravo. Um, nothing really to plug. Uh, I mean, Rich will get to some things. Uh, for me, though, just uh, if you're ever in the Chicago area, keep an eye on the Bug House and on Irving Park. Um, that's sort of becoming a home base for a lot of different shows and stuff we're doing, as Rich will surely let you know. So uh, always keep an eye out uh, for stuff going on at the Bug House. Rich? Hell yeah. Uh, the Bug House Theater is where the American uh, premiere of the Ghost Trackers pilot episode. Uh, if you like shows like Ghost Adventures, uh, we had our premiere, um, a show that I was working on uh, this past weekend. And uh, that should be sh- popping up on iTunes, or not on iTunes, um, on YouTube uh, very soon. And uh, yeah, it's, it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers, beautiful, glorious dumpster fire trash. 
come coming from the most sincere place. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Average Cami, on Instagram, Rich Cami4, uh, to keep up with all the crazy, wacky, um, insane garbage fire uh, projects that I'll be involved with next. Yeah, I think that about does it. So for myself, Robert, and for my awesome co-host, Rich, thanks so much for tuning in to Picked Up. Keep your dial tuned to awesome. This has been a Podswoggle Network production. Visit podswoggle.com for more of that sweet, sweet entertainment.